Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Well, like I say, you you and I don't know each other enough to know any history on the dogs that I've had. But you know, I mean, I've I've had some that really really hold a hold a big spot. You yeah. know, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to them at some point. Yeah, I was trying to dig some dirt up on you today and was struggling. What did you find today? Um, I had a I had a dog uh, years ago. Uh, that they called Saunders Ozark Hope. I won a ton of stuff with. Hope was direct out of jukebox. Okay. Um, probably one of the better dogs I've ever unleashed in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, had some really nice dogs, got shot and killed on a tree uh, out of a cross that I made, you know, so we can we can talk about some of those things. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've been plagued with, with bad luck through the years, keeping good dogs uh, yeah. through, through, um, getting run over things like that so um but like i say i mean uh that the hope dog everybody remembers the hope dog i I campaigned her and traveled all over the country with her years ago Mm -hmm. so she was she she was she was probably one of my favorites there's no doubt about that so that uh like i say we we'll have plenty of things to talk about that's Mm -hmm. for sure no it's just nice to have to know a little bit more about your guests and uh i was asking some people about you (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and everyone everyone agrees you're a stand-up guy that always packs a really good dog well i'll tell you what you know I, I appreciate it you know and you don't think you don't think anything about that you know until people until people go to talking about you and your dog <laughs> you know I, I just work real hard at keeping a nice dog you know yeah. um and i've never you know i talked to my father uh about doing this I don't know that I can remember, I'll be 47 years old. I don't know that I can ever remember us not raising and training the dogs that we were hunting. Okay. You know, we, I don't, I've never bought a dog that was, that was even started. You know, if it was started, it wasn't very started. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of the, the way that I like to do it, you know, uh, well, that'll give you some ideas. Mm -hmm. Well, so we should, we should be able to go with it. Why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. My name is John Saunders. I'm 47 years old. I live in Potosi, Missouri. Um, been coon hunting all my life. Um, probably squirrel hunting hard the last 30 years. Okay. Um, I grew up in a, in a coon hunting family. Mm-hmm. Seemed like everybody I knew coon hunted. My father was a master of hounds, Finchville judge president of the local coon club nice so everybody that i was around coon hunted mm-hmm. um at that time nobody squirrel hunted uh if they did it was with a feist or a little dog that was around the house nothing like it is now um i don't remember there ever being or hearing about a competition squirrel dog kill oh i was in my late teens early 20s okay so like i say i i started off coon hunting um, and I came around at a, at a time when coon hunting was a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, for one thing, there was no tracking collars, no, nothing like that. Um, I can remember the first tracking collar we got, I think for the first mm-hmm. two months we tracked around cub airplanes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had, we had worse luck taking our dogs home with tracking collars than we did without, but, yeah. um, 
I grew up around a lot of coon hunters, a lot of older guys that were really good dog men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember as a kid, there was, there was no youth event. Um, none of that stuff came around till I was way past that age, but there was no youth event. Um, so anything that, that we did, you had to do with the men, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and those guys didn't cut, you know, slack. Yeah. If you drew, if you drew, <laughs> if you drew those guys out, you had, you had to have dog enough to beat them and, and then be able to outhandle them too. So I can remember vividly as a kid, those guys would, would draw up scorecards. Um, nobody had a printer, so you'd have to draw up scorecards. And we, and we hunted like that in a competition setting, I guess way more times than we didn't. Um, so I, I guess I was, I started off like that on the competition end. Um, and it was something that just kind of progressed. I think I handled my first dog in a, in a UKC cast at like 12. Oh, wow. um, but I was, I was lucky enough that my dad always kept me a nice dog. Mm-hmm. Um, something that would get in there and get hooked and stay hooked. Um, didn't realize it at the time, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's a quality of dog, but yeah. you know, I always had a dog that I could do a little something with and do some winning with. Um, so we, we had a dog as a kid, um, you know, and you talk about the memories that you have. When I was a kid, coon highs were high, mm-hmm. and that's how we paid for our success, I should say. That's how Dad paid for Christmas, was yep. selling coon highs. You know, and, and when the fur buyer came, my gosh, that was a big day. You know, I mean, you waited and waited, and we sold furs two times a year. And the, this particular time, my father did construction work. And the fur buyer was coming to town on a on a Friday, so Dad was out of town working. So I took and got all the coon hides ready, and a, a local coon hunter came and picked me up, and and we went to sell our coon hides. I was probably eleven or twelve, and when we sold coon hides, back then the fur buyer would write you a check, and I can remember vividly, you know, I I drug up these coon hides and I threw them up there, you know, proud kid. And uh, the guy wrote a check for $1,380. I can remember it. And he, he said, I, you know, I can't give this check to this kid, you know. Um, and it was all the other coon hunters there said, hey, you know, that, that, that kid selling them hides for his dad. So, mm-hmm. you know, he go ahead and do that. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was such a different time back then. Uh, you know, I mean, when you look at it as compared to now, uh, there was no, the technology wasn't there. You know, you had to, when you catch your dog loose, you had to listen to your dog. Yep. You know, you had to know your dog. It was just so much different. Not to take anything away from anybody now. I mean, there's some super good dogs and super good handlers, but. Just, just different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was just such a different time back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like I say, everything that I did revolved around coon hunting. Uh, I mean, when everybody else was packing around a, a hot rod magazine, I was packing around Coonhound Bloodline, <laughs> you know, so nice. it was a, it was a little different, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you that get, was real quick question. Do you still get Coonhound Bloodlines? No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't. Uh, you know, with, with Facebook, like it is, I can remember when I got Coonhound Bloodlines and full cry and I read those things cover to cover. Yep. You know, I mean, I just wore the pages out on those. But now, 
I don't think that we get those anymore like we used to. You know, and I'd say a lot of people my age can remember getting those. I mean, I would wait at the mailbox to get that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, now we don't. I think Facebook has changed. Social media has changed so much. Yeah. Um, You know, you don't have to look at a picture of a dog and and think about him. You can actually get on and watch a video of the dog trend, you know, most of the time. So, you know, like I say, growing up around around that, that was my whole childhood was was around coon hounds and, and competition coon hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I coon hunted on up into my late teens and in my early 20s uh, and traveled a lot. Had a dog I won quite a bit with. Um, what was that dog's and name? That dog's name was Saunders Ozark Chief. What was he? He was an he was an English hound. Okay. Um, we had a we had a line of English dogs in this part of the country that were pretty nice dogs, um, and that was when that was when the English dogs were just really starting to take off. Um, Hard time spec had won won world hunts earlier, and people were really starting to push English dogs. Mm-hmm. Now, my father predominantly hunted Walker dogs. Okay. But we did, like I say, have a have a strain of English dogs, um, and I was probably I was driving at the time because I can remember driving myself to the competition hunt, and we won. The dog was he was twenty two months old. He was one win away from being a Grand Night champion, and I got him killed on the highway. Um, and, and we have had, I guess, my whole life. We've had pretty rough luck keeping dogs alive. He was one. He was one that that we lost real early. Um, but we got him run over on the highway. Um, so that kind of you know when you're 17, 18 years old, that takes a little bit of wind out of your sails. But oh, yeah. it didn't take me long. Um, and I bounced back, and we were we were trying to hunt something else. But uh, in the meantime, oh, I guess I was. Well, we've always kept hounds all through this time. My father and I. We, we've got a kennel together and um, we keep hounds. He's still got two hounds now. Mm-hmm. So we've always had some kind of dogs uh, as far as coon hounds. But I decided that I was going to try to move to the to the squirrel dog thing. Um, you know, it was just something that was, was starting to come about. Uh, and the first little dog I bought, I bought a, a feist dog from a guy. I was a kid, bought a feist dog from a guy who liked the little dog. Uh, and it ended up, uh, somebody came by and offered me what I thought was huge money for me at the time. Uh, <laughs> what was huge money? Huge money was $500 at the time. <laughs> I can remember. And I think I gave $50 for the dog. Probably yeah. one of the only dogs that I ever bought in my life that was, that was started. Mm-hmm. And I think I gave $50 for him. Uh, and me and that little dog treat a pile of squirrels. But there was a uh, there was a guy here that was breeding uh, another Walker dog. Uh, a friend of ours had a Walker dog, and he and this guy was down here from Iowa, and he was looking for a squirrel dog. And the man told him, "So, well, John's got one." Um, so he came over and, and offered me five hundred dollars for the dog, and I couldn't I, I couldn't get it, I couldn't go get him out of the kill and get him loaded up fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but looking back on it now, you know, uh, in today's market, he'd be worth a pile of money. But uh, that was my one and only. That was my one and only fight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, at that point, that was when 
the original mountain curves were just starting to become a, a thing. Okay. Uh, you know, you were starting to see them in full crime magazine. Um, you know, and there was a few breeders across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a, a guy over in Illinois, the guy's name was John Grove. And John Grove had the a strict junior and Georgetta dog. He actually owned them. Okay. Well, he he was not so far away from me that I couldn't go over and get a dog. So I went over and I bought a dog from him. Um, and I started that dog and I sold it. But in the midst of that, I started meeting all these other people that were, that were mountain cur people. Yeah. Um, so that kind of led me to, um, I bought a dog in Indiana from a guy named Kenny Smith. Um, and that dog was actually, her name was Saunders Ozark Pepper. Um, and I, I got her going and I won a few hunts with her and actually Chuck Gaetto bought her from me. Okay. Uh, and they won, I want to say three or four world hunts with her, uh, after, after they sold her or after I sold her to them. Um, they bred her to jukebox. Mm -hmm. And at that time, jukebox was the hottest thing going. Um, Mm -hmm. and everybody wanted those, those blue colored cur dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what, that's what the pepper dog was. Um, so fast forward several months later, uh, I sold her with the agreement to get a, uh, a pup. Well, several months later, they call me and I go pick up my pup and that I bring her home. And, uh, that was later on to be one of the better dogs I believe I've ever owned in my life. Uh, that was a dog I called Saunders Ozark Hope. Yeah. Um, she and I, huh, we won several state titles. Um, she was a, she was a dual grand dog, um, you know, and, and to kind of jump back to to coming up in that in that era with the coonhounds. When I was a kid, everybody wanted a dual grand dog. You wanted a grand night dog and a grand show dog. Yeah. And and I kind of always hung on to that. Um, you know, I still I still like a dog that looks good. Um, yep. You know, I want one that, that looks good that can stand up there on the bench and, and look like he's supposed to. Um, I realize that doesn't win anything, but for <laughs> me coming, <laughs> coming from that time, I still want one that doesn't hurt my eyes when I go out there and feed him, you know? Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, and she was that, um, you know, she was the kind of dog that, that I could, I could win the, the hunt with, uh, both rounds and win the bench show with, mm-hmm. um, and she was kind of a, she was kind of a freak of nature in the fact that she was probably one of the better coon hounds that I've ever been with. Uh, that's including cur dogs, hounds, any of them. Um, she had the ability to get in deep, hit a bad track on any night and get it up and get it treated and have a coon on the outside. You know, um, that's saying something. She, did it, she did it a lot and she was, uh, just the dog knew where to go find a coon. Mm-hmm. Um, was a top squirrel dog, but, when it got dark and you and you put on a hunt light, she knew what the game was. Uh, the dog could get in there and get struck. Uh, I've seen hounds pull up trees and she just eased right on past them and treat the coon on the outside. Uh, and she did it a lot, you know. Um, was really, really a nice dog. Uh, and I kept her actually till she died. She actually died here, um, at 12 or 13 years old. Okay. It was a really a joy to hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't know how many states we hunted her in and, and had cast wins, but we had a lot. Um, but you know, it was a lot different back then with the, especially with the squirrel dog into things. Um, you know, when you pulled up to a hunt, there would be, there would be a half a dozen dogs there that were high end top dogs. Now it's not like that. Now when you pull up to one of these major events, there's most of those dogs are, are good enough to win. Oh, yeah. It comes down, yes, it comes down to to a little bit of luck. Everything's got to kind of go your way, yeah. and it didn't. It didn't used to be like that. Yep. Um, you know, it was it was more. You know, there was just so many of those dogs that wouldn't stay treed like they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a different game back then. Uh, I mean, everybody enjoyed the dogs they had, but they're completely different, in my opinion, than they were 25 years ago. Oh, yeah. And Um, and anybody that competition hunted back then will tell you the exact same thing. I've heard that from multiple guys. Yes. You know, um, and it was the same way with the hounds. You know, when I was a kid, you know, when you drew out in a cast, it was most of them were four dog cast. And when you drew out, those dogs packed up together. Um, So when you got a strike, you know, it wasn't long. Everybody was jockeying for that tree, you know, and I mean, these people would be training their dog just right on top of each other. Yep. Now it's not like that. You know, these dogs, they, they're independent. They're loners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get separate. You know, years ago, those, those dogs didn't do that. I mean, there was a few that did, but not near like it is now. Yeah. Um, so those dogs, not only did they change the coonhound side of things, they changed the squirrel dog side of things too. Yep. Uh, because our squirrel dogs now do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so you, it was kind of the natural progression of things. You know, you could see it changing. Uh, you know, now when you go out on a on a hunt, whether it be a night hunt or a, or a squirrel dog cat, you'll very rarely see these dogs treat together. They just don't do it. Yep. Uh, and it was so much different back then. So, you know, and, and that's what it takes to win now. Um, but it is quite a bit different. You know, there's there's a whole lot of things that uh, that the dogs do different. Um, I'm not saying that the dogs were better or worse back then, but they were sure different both day and night. Yeah. Um, no doubt about that. No, definitely. And uh, one question I, I do have, what made you – what made you think of like to get into squirrel dogs versus just staying in the coonhounds? Like when you made that shift, what was what was your motivation there? Well, actually, you know, it was at that particular time. I, I lived in a part of the country where coons were really, really thin, and they still are. Okay. Um, I live in, right in the middle of the Mark Twain National Forest. Coons are still rough, rough to strike. It takes a dog that can get in there and get struck to, to find a coon. Mm-hmm. But I was looking for something that I could do. Um, I did construction work. So I was looking for something that I could do and, and, and not be out all night. Yeah. Um, because if, I, if I've got a dog, I'm still, I'm still going to try to hunt that dog three to four nights a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and working and trying to do that was really hard. Um, so I kind of made the switch to the squirrel dogs. But I don't know that I have ever been where I just didn't have a dog that I could coon hunt. Um, now, I enjoy the squirrel hunting a lot. I, I enjoy it a lot, and I guess that would 
I, I do that way more than I do the coon hunting now. Okay. But it's never something that I've ever just completely gave up on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, like I said, I got that dog, that particular dog that I had, the chief dog, I got him run over on the highway. Um, and things were starting to change then, and they really changed now. You can't free cast a dog quite like you could. Um, you know, back in those days, if a dog trees in behind somebody's house, you could walk up there and say, hey, I'm sorry, I need to go get my dog. And a lot of people would come out there and listen to the dogs. Yep. You know, and nobody had a problem with that. It's not like that now. Um, so I was trying to get something that was easier to handle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And I, I sure don't have them like that now. I think the dogs that I got now hunt as hard as the hounds that I had. But <laughs> initially I was, I was looking for something that was easier to handle. Um, and the squirrel hunting was something that I could do in the daylight, um, all the time. Um, I'd gotten married at that time, was having children. So I just thought it would be something that would would make you feel a void. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the direction that we went. That's that's how that happened. Okay. Uh, and it just kind of grew from there. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you start hunting after Hope? After the Hope dog, I've always tried to keep female dogs. I'm not a male dog guy. Um, I've got a male dog out here now, but it was just kind of a, by chance thing that I ended up with him, mm-hmm. but I've always, you. I've all, oh, yes, I just, um, I'm not a big male dog fan, but at that particular time I had the, the hope dog and I don't keep a lot of dogs in. Uh, I've okay. never been, been wanting to keep a ton. Um, if I've got three dogs out there, that's a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to usually hunt one and keep one, uh, that I'm going to sell in the fall or, or however it works out, whether it be a hound or a, or cur dog, but at that time I had hope, and hope was starting to get just a little bit of age on her, and I was looking for another dog. Um, and I, at that particular time, that's when uh, Carl Smith uh, had a dog he called Mount Jackson's Big Time, okay. uh, and that dog was winning everything across the country. It was a hard hunting dog, uh, and it ended up that I come across a three month old pup out of him, and I bought that pup. Um, and that was a dog that I was, that I'd later, uh, done a lot of winning with. I called her Saunders Ozark Dixie. And Dixie was, she was completely different. Um, Dixie was wide open, a hundred mile an hour, um, a really hard tree dog, really what I was looking for. Um, you know, she, she kind of filled that void. Um, she was a slobber mouth tree dog, just was a, was a fancy type dog. Um, and, and it ended up that I bred those dogs a little bit, um, and hope would throw some nice dogs, but Dixie was a real reproducer. Okay. Um, you know, it seemed like anything we bred her to, it worked. Um, you know, so we would breed periodically. Um, and I actually, it, it came about that there was a, a Walker dog in my part of the country that the dog was called flat rock thrasher okay. and thrasher thrasher won a lot as a real young dog, a lot of PKC money. Um, and thrasher was one of the first dogs that was that get by yourself loner type dog. Um, always had his coons, just really a dominant dog that was winning hunts all over. 
Um, and it just so happened that uh, the guy that ended up owning him, um, Thrasher, was like 40 miles from me. So, and let me back up before. Like I say, I was I was following following these dogs in the bloodline. So I mean, I studied these dogs all the time. Yeah. Um, and I was we were actually at Autumn Oaks. Uh, my father and I were at Autumn Oaks, and that's back when I don't know if you were ever at Autumn Oaks, but they had what they called the Breeder Showcase, and they it. had uh, they had all these stud dogs in this in this barn, mm-hmm. and these people would have their you know their little areas. They had a little cubicle. And they would be the stud dogs of the time. And man, I mean, it was, it was really a neat thing to see. You could walk around there and you could talk to the people and see the dogs. You know, and I'm always looking for a dog that's got some sense. You know, um, I, I want one that can, that can take traveling. Um, that, that's got enough sense that he can get in a dog box and rest, you know. Um, just got some, got some handle about it. Um, and I knew that the Thrasher dog, we had watched him and could, you would see him just that he dominated every place that he went from a, from the time he was a little bitty puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were actually standing at the breeder showcase in the barn and we were talking to George Nash was the guy that owned Thrasher at that time. Um, and, and his handler was a guy named Steve Yant. And Steve and the dog had not seen each other for several years. And that dog was, like I say, we were in this breeder showcase. There's thousands of people going by this, this dog. Yep. And he laid over there and was still, he never said nothing, calm, letting everybody pass. When, when Steve Nett walked up there, that dog jumped up there. You know, he, he knew immediately who that guy was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you could see that he was, he was sharp. Um, the dog had a lot of sense. Um, and at that time when we walked away, my father said, you know what you ought to do? You ought to take that Dixie dog and cross her on Thrasher. Well, that was back then. A tree and cur was, man, you just, you weren't in the, you weren't in with school guys <laughs> if you had a tree and cur. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it was, it, the world was run by, by original mountain curs. Yep. Uh, and there was some good ones. You know, I mean, there was some good ones in the bunch, mm-hmm. but it, there was nobody that was crossing these dogs up like that. Yeah. Um, not like it is today. <laughs> no, no, nothing like it is today. You know, and if you did have one and he was a good one, my gosh, they were worth a quarter of what they were if they were original mountain cur. Yep. And it's not like that today. But like I say, I, I saw Thrasher and I saw that at that breeder showcase and I thought that dog's got a head full of scent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's thousands of people come by here. And when this guy walks up, you know, this dog gets up, comes over, jumps up on him. He pets him on the head and he goes back and lays down. He was all business. Um, you know, and he had done so much winning that, that he had to be uh, top dog wherever they dropped him. Yep. Uh, and it just so happened that, like I say, he was about 45 minutes from us. And, and uh, the guy that owned him, him and my father had been friends and had hunted together for years. So we went and we read the Thrasher. And I can remember who we did. Everybody was even a little reluctant because nobody wanted to breed their top walker dog to a her dog. <laughs> you know, there was just, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we did. Uh, we did, and we had probably the best litter of puppies that I've ever met with myself. Uh, we sold dogs all over the country. Uh, there was one of those dogs went to Georgia, a guy named Heath Jeter. 
Uh, he won quite a bit. He gave me money with her hunting against hounds. Uh, I had two that we kept, um, won quite a bit with them. Those dogs um, started super, super early mm-hmm. uh, and never looked back. They were they were a wide open, wild, hard hunting type dog. But when they got treated, they were hooked and they stayed. Mm-hmm. And they had the ability to get by themselves. They had the same thing that their dad had. Okay. They wanted to get by themselves. And at that point, I saw right then, Ben, that that was that was what I was driving for. Yep, that's what uh, wins. That's what wins. Um, that's what I was driving for. Um, and we began to hunt those dogs. Uh, and at that time, there was no NSC or USDC like there is now. Yep. You know, you went to Elmore, Indiana. You went to state NKC hunts. You know, and that was that was it. Yep. Um, so we would haul those dogs, and we were doing some some real winning. Well, as luck would have it, like I told you earlier in our conversation, we've never had a lot of luck keeping dogs alive for a long time, especially good ones. We got both those dogs killed. Mm-hmm on the same tree. A guy walked in and killed them both off the same tree. So that really set us back, you know. Um, now, I still had Dixie, but I didn't have any of those pups at that time. Yeah. Um, we were able to get another one bought. Um, we bought a litter mate from them, uh, and I actually kept her till she passed away. Uh, but we were able to get her back. Uh, and like I say, they were just dominant dogs. Yeah. Uh, from what I wanted. Now, a lot of people would say, "Oh no, that's not that. That's just not what I'm looking for in a squirrel dog." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there's. I guess everybody likes something different, but oh yeah, these, these dogs were they would blow through the country and get treated more like a coon dog, yeah. you know. Um, and we're good. We're good, hard, hard tree dogs. Um, and like I say, those two. Those two had gotten killed real early, but slightly before the male dog got killed, that was about the same time that Doyle Sherman had Jam and Bo. Okay. And Jam and Bo was setting the world on fire. Yeah. Uh, he was the, he, he was a tree and cur. Yep. Uh, actually, Doyle and I had knew each other since we were, were kids in our, in our teens in our early 20s. And he, like I say, he had Bo at that time. Mm-hmm. We actually got to breed a litter mate sister to bow to the dog that we had shot and killed. Okay. So two weeks before uh, he got killed, we were able to get him bred. Um, and actually that, we're still hunting some dogs that go back to that dog now. Now what was um, his name? Several years later. That dog's name was Saunders Ozark Reload. Okay. Um, but he was out of a dog. Uh, that we called Saunders Ozark Crusher. Butch was the dog's name. Um, and Butch was the one that we bred to the Jam and Bo sister. Uh, okay. And there's a lot of dogs that go back now to to that dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were they were the same kind of dogs. The Bo dogs were like the dogs that we had. They wanted to to get deep, get get the treat quick, and, and stay. You know. Yeah. Uh, a little wilder than what some people would like. <laughs> My gosh, they're wild. <laughs> uh, but that was that was what we got. Um, and that kind of was what we hunted for for a while there. Um, we 
we had those dogs that that dog got killed and we had the reload dog we kept him around for quite a while now reload was coon dog yeah. uh just did not care about a squirrel hang on uh, one second before we get too far into um you know reload and kind of what came next can we talk a little bit more about that those two dogs getting shot off that tree like what happened what had actually happened was those two dogs were they were the kind of dogs that would would get really deep really fast um and the dogs got they got in there deep and they got treed and there was no need to rush to these dogs mm-hmm. uh you didn't have to rush to the dogs uh and actually we had had a bad ice storm there was a an ice storm that had come through about 2 weeks before this was in the winter time um uh, and on the way to get those dogs, there was a tree in the road. My father, actually, he had them both out at the time. I wasn't even with him uh, this particular night. He got out, and actually, he, you know, the dogs were tree. He, he hears the dog's tree. He gets out. He takes a, takes a chopping axe and chops the tree out of the way and clears the road. Well, he heads towards the dog, and the dog stops treeing. Well, there's a, there's a problem there. Yeah. You know, something, something's went wrong. So it ends up that, uh, you know, he, and this was before, before the good Garmin trackers like we got now, you know, you still had the, the old beat beat style trackers. Um, so he knew in the general area that they were, but he goes over there and no dogs. We don't find anything. Well, the next day, um, you know, we, we do end up finding the collars, uh, and then we find the dogs did and it went on from there, but, um, that they were both killed off the same tree. You know, and I mean, it really shut us down here because we had a a male and a female that were that we had all intentions of being able to to move on to the next level with. Yeah. Um, but that 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 was really a bad deal, you know. Um, and at that time, there was no a lot of laws have changed now. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of things that you can do when you have a situation like that. There's groups that you can contact to help and assist with that. There was nothing back then like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just had to you had to deal with that and move on, you know. Um, so that's what we did. Um, you know, and actually, some years later, we had another dog shot and killed. You know, and I think that, for, for me, I always want a dog that blows through the country, uh, that gets deep, does a, a dog that doesn't have a reverse. But that comes with a price. Yeah. You know, especially now with people moving in like they have into the places I live in the, like I say, I hunt in the middle of the Mark Twain national forest, but there's people that own little sections of land. Um, you know, and then when they buy it up, that dog gets in there, you know, I mean, there's just terrible things that happen. Uh, like I say, several years later, we had another dog was shot and killed, uh, really a bad situation. Uh, but that's, that's just what happens when you have those kind of dogs in my area. You know, their chances of them getting it, getting where they're not supposed to be are pretty good. You know, um, you know, I, I, I think to myself, you know, sometimes that, uh, you know, if you had one that didn't do like that, I might've, I might've still had some of those dogs, you know, to, to live on to a, to an older age, but I don't know, I guess it's what you, it's what you want. If you want one that goes like that, that those are kind of the situations that you get in. Like you said, it's the price you pay for those style of dogs. Yes, it's a double-edged sword, you know, and, and I know a lot of people that have had dogs run over and, and killed or shot. Uh, you know, it's always the best dog. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it never fails. Actually, the dog I had uh, that I talked about earlier, the chief dog, when he got run over, we had a dog that was with him that that just was was not worth anything. <laughs> and they actually called us. It made it into town. It was in the it was in the bank parking lot. Uh, you know, the people were it was blocking the drive up going to the bank. <laughs> uh, but that's the luck, you know. Yep. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's uh, it's a double edged sword. It's all in what you want. Uh, you know, and I don't have. No issues with one that's got a super handle that, uh, that doesn't hunt out real far. But for me, that doesn't work in my country, you know, especially for a coon hound. Um, you might turn a dog loose here. That dog may be in there for 30 minutes or an hour before he gets struck. You know, he may be three quarters of a mile from you when he gets struck. So it takes a different kind of dog. Mm-hmm. What yeah. you got to have if you, if you want to win here in our country. But yeah, that's, that was a bad situation, but, uh, you know, I mean, that was, that's just one of those things that we had to deal with and move on. Mm-hmm. No, like I said, I was just curious as to kind of what happened there, but yeah, it's a yeah, bad deal for sure. Yeah. That's, that's what happened to those. Um, like I say, we had, uh, we had another dog shot and killed and actually, um, it, when we got it shot and killed, uh, they they had a shootout. Uh, <laughs> the people actually shot the truck that oh, uh, that my father was in. I mean, it was a, it was a bad bad deal. Jeez. Uh, yes, we through the years we've had some we've had some major issues with dogs, but uh, you know we've all <laughs> we've all lived to talk about it. I guess. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, but. Um, you know that kind of that kind of took us up to a point when we had the last one killed. My father was close to retiring at that time. He said, "Hey, look, let's try something here. Maybe where we won't have as much issues. Let's let's get a bird dog." So, <laughs> so, so we live we live in an area where there are no birds, but we got a bird dog, and 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 we really had a lot of fun with that. We traveled around. Uh, we we hunted in some NSTRA bird dog trials. We had a good time with that. But every time that it would start to get cool in the wintertime, you know, you get that itch to go turn a dog loose at night. You, you want to go hunt a tree dog. Yep. So we always we always came back to a tree dog. Um, and we've still got the bird dogs now, but um, I don't mess with it near like I do the, the tree dogs. Okay. Uh, it, it worked for a while, but, uh, but we came back to it. Uh, and I was actually without a dog for probably close to 10 years. I didn't have a tree dog. Um, oh, wow. I had no squirrel dogs, no coon dogs. I'd completely gotten out. Uh, you know, it was just not something that I, that I wanted to do at that time. Uh, I'd gotten involved. We were showing horses heavy and it was just, uh, I, if I get involved in something, I get involved in it full bore. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like it. So, <laughs> so we, we showed horses for quite a while, but we just kept coming back to the tree dogs. And it ended up that, uh, about, uh, oh, two or three years ago, my job as luck would have it. I ended up where I got to work closer to home. Um, so I, I didn't have to drive and travel like I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I did, uh, I, I told my wife, I said, you know, I think I'm going to get, I'm going to get tree dogs again. Well, that was. You know, I mean, after you're out that long, nobody nobody wants to get back in. You know, uh, <laughs> I had sold everything I had, didn't have anything for a trick dog. Yeah. Uh, and I contacted Dole Sherman 
because I knew that the the bowl line of dogs was the kind of dogs that I was looking for. Yeah, you know they were they were predominantly you know half Walker dog, half cur dog. They were what I was looking for. Uh, and as luck would have it, you know you're you're on Facebook like everybody is. Um, I saw a video of a twelve week old pup training on a on a squirrel in a tube uh, in Mississippi and. The next morning, I was there and picked him up, and that was the boon dog that I've got now. Okay. That, was, that was the male dog that I'm currently hunting. Uh, so we got Boone. Um, Boone started real quick, about like all those dogs uh, do mm-hmm. there. He started real quick, and uh, I hunted him by himself, um, like I normally do with all my pups. Uh, I think I killed right a little over 100 squirrels to him before he was 11 months old. Oh, wow. So he was... He Come was on. really a nice dog. Uh, and we had a lot of squirrels at that time. Where I live in Missouri, squirrels are they're here one year and they're not the next. Uh, just so happened that we had a lot that year. Uh, but he started he, he, he started to fire again. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I came back probably harder now than I've ever been uh, as far as hunting a dog. Um, you know, my, my work schedule... It, it it allows me to to get to hunt quite a bit more yeah. uh, because I'm not traveling, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got Boone uh, and and got him going, got him started. Uh, now he's a little over two years old now. now what's he? Um, Boone is actually he's a grandson of Jim and Bo, mm-hmm. um, and a grandson of Tree Knock and Mike on okay. the bottom side. Um, so Boone is Boone's mother is they, they had a cross out of out of Jam and Bow and Roxy that just threw a ton of nice dogs. And that's what Boone's mother is out of. Okay. Um, so he's uh he's Jam and Bow, tree knocking Mike Red Dog. Um so that's that he was he was what I was looking for in a young dog. Um those dogs that like I said earlier in the conversation, they're the type of dog when this dog would run a deer, they were st- extremely junky. Uh, if he would jump a deer, you didn't run a deer for like 20 minutes. He run a deer for, <laughs> for like half the day. You know, yeah. you'd catch him in, you'd catch him three miles away from him. But mm-hmm. if he treed, he was treed. Um, and I guess a lot of people wouldn't like that at all. For me, that's the kind of dog I'm looking for. I want one that's <laughs> got that, that fire, you know. Yep. Uh, yeah. I can, I can. I could dial it down, but I can't turn it up. <laughs> yep. no, I, honestly, I've talked to a handful of competition coon hunters, and that's that's exactly what they said, you know? Yeah, um, and that's the way these dogs were. Uh, they would just run anything, run it to catch, uh, but they always wanted to tree. And that, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm not a big dog breeder. I don't breed a lot. Mm-hmm. But when I do, I'm looking for a dog for myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm looking for a dog that it is an early starting dog that's, that's easy to look at. I like a pretty dog. Uh, I want one that starts early. Uh, and actually, we've got our first litter out of Boone now. They're five months old. Um, we've got uh, a female here that uh, she treated her own squirrel over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he the dog, mark, that's for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> We're, we're really excited about them. And, and actually, my father's got the, the Littermate brother tour. Um, the dog was in the woods 
uh, the first night and treat with the other dogs. So, I mean, it, they're, they're looking like they're going to do a little something. Now, there's a lot of a lot of distance between where we are and where a finished dog is, but at oh, this yeah. point, they're they're starting off uh, they're starting off really showing some good signs. Yeah, uh, and actually, those dogs are out of a female that goes back to Bo and my original Dixie Thrasher cross. Okay. Um, I was lucky enough to to uh, come across the guy that uh, now we're we're really good friends that own the female. Uh, he actually came down and hunted with me, and I like the dog. Really, a nice dog. And when I got to talking to him about what she was, he said, "Well, here's here's her papers. Here, well, she went back to my dog. <laughs> but she was one of the last living dogs that was that was here. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough to get to breed Boone to her, and that's what that litter of pups is out of now. Okay, um, that's awesome. Like I say, um, long ways from where they are to being finished, but they are really showing some showing some good things. Yeah. Um, so we're we're really looking forward to to seeing how they progress uh, in the future here. Definitely. Now, obviously, we, we've talked like the, the, the bow dog and then the Thrasher Dixie crosses, you know, they're uh-huh. all Walker Kerr crosses. Do you tend to like a dog that's a little heavier on the hound, heavier on the Kerr, you know, looks, mouth? What what are you, what are you looking for? I mean, obviously, you know, you said a little wild, little get hooked, but. Yes. Otherwise, yes. what are you looking for? For me, I want a dog that leans more towards the hound side. Okay. Uh, you know, there's a lot of these dogs that, uh, you know, there are a little more curry acting. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a place for that. But what I, what I do see in these dogs is they're the type of dog that can get treated on, on a really, really bad day. When mm-hmm. things are terrible... You know, when it's windy or it's cold, it's raining, these dogs are still going to, they're, they're going to get cut, get deep and try to make a tree. Yeah. Uh, and for me, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want, I want one that, that whenever you turn him, you've got to pick him off a tree somewhere. Uh, and that's the, that's the way that the boom dog is. He's, uh, he's not a real easy dog to handle. Uh, when you turn him, you've got to catch him somewhere. Yeah, game stick. He's going to tree right in front of you. But I guess to answer your question, I like one that's more houndy myself. Um, okay. and I don't want him. I don't want him running the track all day long. I don't want an open mouth dog. Uh, these dogs tend to be still mouth, mm-hmm. um, but they come on tree with a locate. I like that. You know, I guess that goes back to, to being a coon mm-hmm. dog man. Yeah, I like that big locate uh, when they roll over. I like a good hard tree dog. Um, so for me, I like the hound part more. You know, I, I, I can take one being more houndy than less, I guess is probably the best way to answer that question. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind that they that they run. You know, you hear a lot of guys say, well, them cur dogs, they, they won't run but 150 yards. Mine will not do that. <laughs> they, <laughs> when, they, when they jump a deer, they run it. And I'm not, uh, I'm not one that's in a hurry to burn them up on a deer when they start. Yeah. Uh, I let them go, you know, those, uh, I'll catch up with them. You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll go on and go hunting. I'll catch up with them dogs later on. Yeah. And then when the time comes, I'll get them broke and we'll, and we'll move on forward. But I like one that's got a lot of gas. And I don't want to take that from him when he's, when he's a real young dog. Yep. Um, so for me, 
you know, a lot. I I don't have a lot of people that want to come and go hunting when these dogs are young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a there's a lot of downtime, but I can see I can see what they're going to become. You know, yeah. if if they've got enough drive to do like that, for me, that's what separates them. Uh, oh, yeah. I I like the one that's that, that's got enough gas to, to get in there and stay stay running. Uh, you know, and and we're kind of in a different in a different situation here where I live, our season, our squirrel season comes in like the last week of May. So we start hunting in May and we hunt all the way through the summer. Um, and it's kind of odd where we're at. We've got a lot of timber, but it's not really tall timber. So we can kill squirrels all the way through the summer. Um, so we take and we may drop a dog when it's 80 degrees at daylight, mm-hmm. you know, um, I carry I carry water. I let the dogs make the tree, bring them back, water them, and cut them again. Try to rotate dogs, um, so they're used to the heat and they're acclimated to it. Yeah. But when you've got one little little jump a deer in those kind of conditions and running for three or four hours, he's going to have some gas come fall. He's going to have yeah. he's going to have all the drive you need. I'd say so. <laughs> uh, so that's that's kind of why I I tend to to towards these the Walker dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's what we're, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, if I was going to breed it to anything again, it would be some kind of, and it probably will be, uh, it'll, it'll be some kind of a walker dog. Okay. Um, they're, they're what I'm looking for. And mm-hmm. it's still, I still like the looks of a good looking sharp walker dog. Uh, can't get away from it. <laughs> now, have you, uh, competition on the Boone at all? Boone has been in three casts. Uh, Boone has not been in what I would consider any big cast. Boone is, uh, he did win the Missouri State Championship, um, but he's not been in any big money hunts as of yet. Um, okay. Things just haven't worked out where we've got to take him, but we're going to try to make some, some hunts with him next year. Um, I think he's got what it takes. Um, like I say, if, if we catch the look, um, you know, when you roll into these things now, if there's 20 dogs there, man, it can go to any, any one out of that 20. Yep. Um, you know, it's gotten, it's gotten to where there's, there's big entry fees. Um, you know, those guys aren't going to spend all that money and all that time driving to get there. They don't think they can win too. Yeah. Um, so he's been in, uh, he's been in three casts, one, all three casts. Um, I, I think he's got the tools to, to do it. Uh, if I can do my part and we catch a little bit of luck, I think we'll, we'll do okay. Good deal. Before you got out, like you were talking, you were on reload. And how much longer between those dogs getting shot did you did you keep hunting before you ended up getting out for that ten hour stint? We actually we took in. I, I had the the Dixie dog still at that time, um, and she was getting up about nine years old, and I was still hunting some, uh, but we were we got to messing with quarter horses. Um, and we were showing horses all over and my daughter was, uh, was showing. So that was something that we were going to, we were doing as a family mm-hmm. and, and that kind of took me away from it. And I actually sold my Dixie female later on and that kind of got us completely out. Okay. Um, that got us completely out. Uh, I, I, we, we messed with horses there. I went through a stretch where I, uh, I decided I was going to shoot a bow and arrow um, I shot a bow and arrow competitively for two or three years. Uh, 
I won. I actually won the nationals with a with a bow and arrow in 2016. Uh, I, I I always want to be doing something competitive. Yeah. But I never could get away from the dogs. Mm-hmm. That 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 was just something that how when it started to get cool, man, I wanted to turn hound loose. Yep. You know, I wanted to hear something get struck. Um, I just don't know that there's anything better than a, than a dog getting in there and throwing a big locate and rolling over and, and training and you walk in there and you have an eye, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that does it for me. Uh, I, I just don't know. And, and I, now I'm at a point where I don't think I'll ever get out again. You know, yeah. um, this is, this is where it is. Uh, you know, and, and I've got another dog here. I've got a, I've got a female dog that's bred quite a bit, uh, like the boon dog is. Okay. Um, she's a jam and bow, uh, woody bred dog. Mm-hmm. Um, really a nice young dog. I like her awful well. Uh, and she may be a dog that I go and breed to a, to a full walker dog. Okay. Uh, you know, my next one may be, may be a cross on her and a full walker dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that she can get too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works for me. Yeah. Uh, it seems, it seems to work for me. Mm-hmm. Hey, if if you found what you like, you're better off sticking with it. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, these dogs can take can take the pressure. Uh and what I mean by that is, you know, when when I was younger, like the dogs that, that I had that I got killed, if I've got a dog that I'm getting ready to competition hunt, you know, I haul those dogs. Those dogs live in a dog box. Um uh, those, those particular dogs that had gotten killed, they probably spent three quarters of their life in a dog box. Mm-hmm. You know, they would, get, they would get out, you know, um, and, and I did it just like we were traveling on the road, you know, so they get used to sleeping in the box, eating in the box. You know, they get acclimated to that mm-hmm. because how many dogs have you seen when you haul them six or eight hours? They're just really, it, it just messes them up. Oh, yeah. You know, they can't deal with it. They come off their feet. They come off the water. Yep. These, these dogs, seem to and when i say these dogs there's so many of them now that that have got a lot of walker dog in them that that that's just bred into those dogs you know they they can take that kind of pressure yeah uh you know they there's a lot of a lot of cur dogs especially in years gone by they had little quirks they might really really be a nice dog but if something went wrong they were done you know um it's it's so different now. You've got to have one that's, that's got a lot of hound traits to them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't I don't know if hound traits is the best way to describe it, but <laughs> they they they've got to be able to take that pressure. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Uh, you know, and, and and when you're doing that and traveling with these dogs, it's different. That's that's way different than pulling him out and, and going hunting. You know, in in with your buddies. You know, on Saturday morning, um, it's a it's a lot different. There's that's for sure. No, I, I would say the the days of and there's plenty of probably quirky cur dogs still out there by by all means, but as far as those dogs winning hunts, that that they're they're done. You need a dog, that's you know, not quirky you know, that can go out there and get turned loose with anything in any condition if you want to yeah. be competitive. Well, you know, used to when you had cur dogs um, in a in a in an all cur dog cast. You know, those dogs, they were quiet. They didn't, a lot of them didn't tree real hard. There were some that did, but a lot of them didn't tree real hard. You're apt to go now somewhere and draw a walker dog that's got a mouth like a freight train 
yep. that barks 140 barks a minute. Mm-hmm. He's just a crazy tree dog, you know. And if you've got a dog that's never heard or seen that, that that's disorienting for him. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, it's just different. Uh, and for me, I like one that can take that pressure. Uh, you know, uh, I think it all comes at a price. Like I say, you when you get one like that, that's the same kind of dog that they're harder to handle. They they get deeper quicker. Um, the dog that I've got, you don't want to get back to the truck and think, well, we'll turn him loose, and if he if he doesn't get treated, we'll we'll, we'll call him back in. He doesn't work like that, you know. <laughs> he, he you've got to catch him off the timber somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and for me, you know, I have a lot of guys say, well, you know, I'm looking for a pleasure dog. For me, that does bring me pleasure. You know, I like that. Um, I hunt probably 95 percent of the time by myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm out there trying to trying to make that style dog. Um, you know, and it's a lot of people like it, and a lot of people don't. Um, but you can see now that it's leaning, it's leaning a lot more towards that in the squirrel dog game. Yeah. Um, and I think the competition side of that's brought that out in people. Oh, definitely. You know, uh, if you're going to go and spend the big money, you want to have a dog that you think uh, has got a chance to do it. And most of those dogs have got that same kind of style. Yep. Uh, now there's still a, there's still a dog out there that that doesn't like that that wins, but there, most of them are going to be that that blow in there, get deep quick, get by self alone type dog, yeah. um, which is so much different than it was. There's no doubt about it. And there's oh, still yeah. people that like that, man. And if they do, that if you're, if you're happy with it, that tickles me to death. You know, uh, for me, I, I like one that you got to go pick off trees somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I understand. You know, um, we were talking. We were talking about dogs, you know, and um, you know, you hear you hear all these podcasts and you hear these stories about dogs and things that have happened. Uh, you know, we had years and years ago. I had two dogs at the same time that were bred. I had uh, a litter of puppies out of Hope and a litter of puppies out of Nick. You know, and we I think we had seventeen puppies. Oof. <laughs> uh, and 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 we had. You know, when you sell those dogs, you sell them across the nation and you sell them to all kinds of different people. And some people have had dogs all their life. Some people are new dog owners and everything in between. Yeah. But uh, we actually sold a dog. And, and, and when the guy came to pick the dog up, he picked the last dog in the litter. This was the last dog, the last dog available. Um, and when the guy came to pick the dog up, he was very concerned that he was getting the last dog. Um, to the point that you could see it was really on his mind. And before he left, he said, uh, John, I got to ask you a serious question. He said about these dogs. He said, uh, with that dog being the last pup left, he said, do you think that's going to hurt his performance as he gets older? (laughs) And I thought, well, I better come up with something good here. Um, and I told him, I said, well, I'll tell you what, if you don't tell him, I won't tell him either. And it won't bother him a bit. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, you look back when you think of all the things that you've done with dogs through the years and all the people you've met. Mm-hmm. My gosh, I mean, uh, the memories that I've made with these things and the people I've met across the country. I can't, I can't recall them all, you yeah. know, uh, I, I sure had a, I sure had a good time hunting these dogs. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, like I say, it's uh, it, it's a lot different than it was. You know, I 
I'm really glad that I came along at a time to see how coonhounds were mm-hmm. to where they are now. A uh, whole lot different than it was 30 years ago. That's definitely for sure. Yep. So are we going to see you uh, in these big money NSD and USDC hunts here? We're sh- we're sure going to give it a try. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go give it a try. We'll uh, we'll see what we can do, uh, and hopefully, if we if we have a little bit of luck, we'll we'll be able to stick a little money in our pocket. Uh, we're we're gonna go give it a try. We can't we can't do it if we're not there. That's for sure. Yep. Well, awesome. Anything else? You know, I don't. Uh, I don't guess so. Uh, not unless you have any any particular questions. No. Like I say, for for me, you know, I'm just really tickled that that anybody's interested in hearing about the dogs that I got. You know, like um, I said, and I and I, I want to help. Dog. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I and I I want to help anybody out that's that's wanting to to learn how to do something. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people way smarter than I am, but. I mean, I'm willing to help anybody out with, with anything that I, that I know about. Um, you know, I mean, uh, these, these dogs, are, <laughs> there's not one like the other. That's for sure. Yep. Definitely not. I don't know how it went or how it did good no, or bad. Is, I don't this know. This is great. And one thing I do have to say is I'm, I thank you for, uh, you know, my, my little delay. I, I was recording a podcast with, uh, Jason and buddy from W. And that, uh-huh. that podcast will actually air bef- the week before this one mm-hmm. um, because I'm launching shirts. They're oh, okay. sponsoring me. And um, so anybody listening to this, if you would like a Tree Talking Time t-shirt, um, go to wdusupply.com, join the fight, and down to the podcast. I forget what, what exactly it is, but it's like the podcast clothing tab or whatever. and. There are tree talking time t-shirts there. So great. That's why I was running a little late. <laughs> That's no problem. I think these things are great. Uh, you know, I, I hadn't even listened to one. Uh, and actually my father said, Hey, have you heard these podcasts? There was a guy talking about Dean Wood Drifter or whatever it was. So then I went and listened, you know, and I thought, man, these are, this is great information. Mm-hmm. You know, and people can, can listen and hear people talk and, yeah. and and say, yeah, you know, man, I know that guy. I know that dog or his yep. dogs are out of my dog. Yeah. That this is a, this is a, a, a really good platform for, for people. And if you can keep it like you're saying where you keep it family friendly, yep. then everybody can listen. That's what, you know, <laughs> when I just recorded that one before this one, I was like, Hey, we got to keep this PG and th- theirs tend to be a little more PG 13. And I was like, we got to keep this PG. Uh-huh. Yes, there, yes. There's at least one one bleep that I gotta put in. Yes. Well, if there's anything that you need to take out of mine or include or whatever, <laughs> no. do whatever you need to do. No, uh, yours is fine. But there's one little bleep uh, I know I gotta put in that one for next or for. Uh, uh, it's it's next week as I as we sit here and record this, but as people listen, it's for last week's. Uh huh. So. Well, we'll. we'll uh, We'll see how everything turns out. Like I say, I'm, I'm tickled to death to do it. If there's anything I can do to help you at any point or do another one or whatever, you, you I call me. I appreciate it. Like yep. said, maybe I, one I, of these days I'll get out your way and uh, get to actually shake your hand. We'd love to have you. Yeah, If you get out here anytime, come and stop by and we will take you for a hunt. We will go to the timber. Awesome. I appreciate you it. You bet. Hey, thank you, Ben. I appreciate it so much. Yep. 
Thank you. You bet. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.